So if you have your Bible this morning, please turn to the book of Acts. We are in Acts again this week, like we were last week. It's kind of like the guy that went up to the Air Canada counter. He got a very intense look in his face, and he said to the person, he said, here's the thing. I want to go to Toronto, but I want my bags to end up in Whitehorse. And the attendant, the Air Canada attendant said, okay, excuse me, can you say that again? He's he, very intense. He says, I want to go to Toronto, but I want my bags to end up in Whitehorse. And the attendant says, well, sir, we don't do that. He says, you did it last week. So it's kind of like Acts. We did it last week. We're doing it again this week. We're in the series. I want to share with you today around the idea of praying bold prayers. And the title of the message this morning is Give Us Boldness. Give Us Boldness. And so we're coming around this this idea of the early church as we see it being birthed, the Holy Spirit empowering the the believers as they waited for the promise that Jesus promised. He said, I will build my church. He said, go wait in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit comes upon this group of 120 and there's a revival. Peter gets up, he preaches. 3,000 people were added and the church is vibrant and it's growing and they're meeting together and they're breaking bread and they're they're committed to these, these behaviors, these 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 actions of, of, of prayer and, dev- and devoted together, of sharing of commonality and, and, and the scriptures and the apostles' teaching. And, and so they're, they're in this beautiful community that is alive and vibrant and, and, and signs and wonders are taking place. And, and through the apostles, and we see the first sign and wonders we looked at last week where Peter and John are on their, their way to prayer and they meet a man who was begging for 40 years there and they said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you. And he gets healed and he gets up and he's jumping, he's shouting, he's praising God. And, and, and the religious leaders are upset because they thought, we just crucified Jesus. And, and what's going on? Now there's these little Jesus followers that are doing the same kinds of things that Jesus was doing. And people are getting healed and it was chaotic. But 2,000 more people then came to Christ and now they had a church of 5,000. But the religious leaders were upset because they were losing their power and their prominence. And they warned them and they said, quit preaching in the name of Jesus. But I believe that as we are on mission together, that God desires to give us fresh boldness. You know, Hebrews even says that we can come boldly before the throne of God. That we are to come like children boldly and and obtain mercy and find grace in our times of need and And God wants to give us boldness so that we can make a difference in our city. And God wants to give us boldness even to pray prayers personally, things in our own lives today. I believe there are needs and things that you're carrying that God wants to just call you in a a new level. And he wants to empower you by his Holy Spirit to to pray bold prayers, to pray bolder prayers than you've ever prayed before and to begin to see breakthrough like you've never seen before. And so this is what's happening in, in Acts as they are dragged in. They're dragged into the religious officials and they're, are condemned and they're told to quit preaching in Jesus' name. And so they, they lock them up. Peter and John are locked up and they're thrown in custody in jail overnight. And this is the next morning and they're on trial. It says, Peter and John then, sorry, verse 13, the members of the council then were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were Ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. 
They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing that the council could say. And so they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and they conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men, they asked one another. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign. And everybody in Jerusalem knows about it, but to keep them from spreading the propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. And so they called the apostles back in and they commanded them never again to speak or to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. And the council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. And for everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of the man who had been lame for more than 40 years. And as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers. And they told them what the leading priests and the elders had said. And when they heard the report, all the believers, and this is the part I want us to focus on today, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer. And they prayed to God and they said, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. And they began to declare, O now Lord, hear their threats, verse 29. And give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. Father, we gather together in your presence today. As we lean into the scriptures today, God, as we look at the early church, we are reminded again how your Holy Spirit, as it's poured out upon your people, that you are the one that gives us power to live for you. You give us courage and you give us strength. And God, today we're asking you for fresh boldness to be upon your people. God, we want to pray today bold prayers and we want to just... Just call on you, God, for for the breakthrough that we've been longing for today. And so I pray that by your spirit, God, that you would do something unique and powerful in the life of everyone listening here today. God, that you would be glorified. Jesus, that your name would advance in our city. God, that every family would experience the reality of the life and the power and the presence of God. And God, give us great boldness in proclaiming your word. And God, help us to not back down, but to press in to you, God and to see your kingdom established and the darkness pushed back in our city and around the globe as you empower us by your spirit afresh. In Jesus' name, And everybody said amen. Amen. Give us boldness is the prayer. What is boldness? Um, dictionary.com, this is what dictionary.com says about boldness. It's not hesitating uh, or fearful in the face of actual or possible danger or rebuff. It's courageous and daring. That's what being bold means. You're courageous. You're, you're daring. Uh, the, the actual word in the, the Greek language, uh, the, the word is, is um, really a, a similar. It's, it's about having freedom of, of speech. It's not hesitating or fearful in the face of, of actual danger or possible danger. Uh, it, it, is, it is frankness. It is 
with cheerful courage. That's one of the ways that we, we see this word, uh, parise is the word in the Greek, and it's, it's with cheerful courage. You're able to speak freely is what it means. And this is the kind of boldness that God desires, I believe, to give us, just a freedom from experience of knowing Jesus. I'm just free to share what he's done. That's what they said. They said, we can't keep silent because of everything we've seen and heard Jesus do. So I just kind of uh, took some time as well as I was researching this idea of boldness. I, being Canada Day weekend, I, I just thought I would uh, Google uh, bold Canadians. First of all, before we go there, have you ever Googled your own name? Come on, admit it. I'm not judging you either. I have. I Googled my own name. Guess what I found out? I'm a Jamaican Canadian sprinter that used to be on steroids. <laughs> Who knew? So I Googled bold Canadians, bold Canadians. This is what I found. The first thing I found was there's a song that was written, Come All Ye Bold Canadians. Did you? Some of you were singing this song on the way to church, weren't you? Uh, it was written for the War of 1812. And how many know that the War of 1812 that we did beat the Americans, right? <laughs> yes, we did. There's no, the, the jury's not out. We did. We won. And so there was a song called We Are Bold Canadians. Other images that I found, you know, bold politicians, uh, our military, our, our men in the service. Uh, this is some of the images when we, you know, you Google images, bold Canadians. I also did bold and brave Canadians. This is what I found. Uh, <laughs> brave Canadians. Isn't it, I just had to put this one up here too. This was so good. The Canadian Uber driver. This is the one though that kind of really gripped me when I saw this. And it's so true, isn't it? You know, this is so true about us as Canadians. And when we kind of come around this idea of boldness, we're like, ah, I just want to, don't want to be too bold. I want to be more Canadian. I want to be polite. And this is the reality, though. Like, I mean, in Canada, we're, we're, we're sorry for saying sorry. I and mean, if somebody, and this has actually happened to me, like, like I've bumped into somebody with their grocery cart or something. And I find, you know, and, and, and whatever, and they're saying so, sorry to me for me bumping into them. And, and I'm doing the same thing. You know, somebody like, you know, they're going through the, you know, the mall or whatever, and they're like, boom, you know, and, and whatever. And, and, uh, and they bump into me, and maybe I'm bruised. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And then we're like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry for being sorry. No, I'm sorry I didn't say sorry, that I'm sorry. And we're sorry for being sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I mean, this is like the epitome of, of the Canadian culture. And, you know, I, I love it because, you know, in Canada is beautiful, though, isn't it? Like, we have such a beautiful, gracious uh, culture in our country. And I believe that so much of it is actually kingdom. I believe that, you know, this idea of love and acceptance and, and tolerance, I mean, these things we value as Canadians, and, and, and I believe that, you know, tolerance at a certain level is, is actually gracious, and, and we should be a part of that. But I believe as Christians that beyond tolerance, that, that really it's about grace that God's called us to, because tolerance kind of just says, you know, I'll just tolerate you. I'll just let you be kind of who you are and believe whatever you want. Just leave me alone. You do your thing. I do mine. That's kind of tolerance. Grace actually goes beyond it and says, you can be and do whatever you want, and I love you still. I love you, and I want to be involved in your life. And so some of these ideas of, of tolerance are, are a good start, but I believe that even grace is greater. And, and as Canadians, we, we cherish these things. You know, we like being known of, of being a peaceful country, and, and we like being known, about, you know, we're known for hockey and, and syrup and Tim Hortons and, you know, Uber, Uber drivers that drive moose and 
things, things like that. But we're, we're known for being kind and, and, and gracious people and peaceful people. And I think so much of that is, is kingdom and it's good. But where it goes off is when we allow the culture to push us down as Christians and say, like these religious leaders were saying to Peter and John, uh, just keep it down with the Jesus stuff. Just, just keep it down. Stop, stop being so bold. We, we, we would never want to come across to somebody as brash or rude. And that's not what we're talking about this morning. Biblical boldness is a freedom of speech, a place of, of joyful encouragement and, and, and courageousness that comes from experiencing the reality of Jesus. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a belief and a assurance and, and, and knowing that Jesus has done something so real in my life that I just cannot help, just like they said, we cannot help but preach the name of Jesus because of who he is. That was the kind of Holy Spirit boldness that these ones had, Peter and John. And, and so we don't want to be dragged into the spiral of our culture that just tries to silence and, and push down what it means to be bold for Christ. We will never change our city uh, just by being nice. If nice was going to change Calgary and nice was going to change Canada, now I think we should be nice, but I think we should be nice and bold. Not nice and timid and nice and fearful and nice and shy and nice and sorry, but God wants to strengthen his church and he wants to strengthen each one of us. And this is how they gained even greater boldness. The first time they received boldness was when the Holy Spirit filled them. Jesus even said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we see that in Peter, where Peter was, you know, not so long ago running away and hiding and, and fearful, and he didn't want anybody to know he was associated with Jesus, and now he's standing up on Pentecost. And with great boldness, he proclaimed and preached the gospel. So this guy is completely changed. This is the work of the Spirit. And, and now we see again as they have that boldness, they, they go and there's healing that happens and, and, and the church grows and it explodes. And now they come back after they've been threatened and they come back to the believers. And they, and they came back and they weren't looking for safety. They came back and they began to pray bold prayers. They didn't just come back. They could have come back and said, okay, guys, here's the deal. We saw somebody healed. Uh, it was crazy. We saw a revival. People were getting saved. Um, but the religious leaders, they, they didn't really like it so much. So they came back to the believer. Okay, so guys, here's what we're going to do. Let's just pray that God would help us tone it down a bit. They didn't do that. They came back and they began to pray very bold prayers. So here's what these prayers looked like. Let's focus on these today just for a few moments. First of all, they prayed bold prayers. There was bold participation in their, in their praying. It says that all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer. There's something powerful as we pray together. This is where we can be strengthened. This is where boldness rises up in the church and in families and in the people of God is when we pray together, when we commit to praying together. That's why our Sunday night prayer, we, we just earmark that. We're just like, we're doing it. We're praying and we're developing a, a greater prayer participation and a greater prayer culture because we're not gonna change Calgary and we're not gonna, we're not gonna do damage on the darkness unless we're a praying per, people, a praying church. 
And it's prayer power that moves the church forward. It always has been, and it always will be. And it was always the people of God coming together, participating together in prayer. Have you ever been to a a hockey game or a football game? And you're kind of sitting there eating your popcorn, and you look across the other side of the arena, and there's a couple you know, guys there, and they're just getting excited, and they're like, hey, we're going to begin the wave. And you see them kind of rallying, and they get about five or 10 or 15 people in their section. Okay, you guys ready to start the wave? You know what I'm talking about? And so, you know, these guys get bold enough, and they're in the crowd. They're like, all right, we're going to do it. And so then they say, one, two, three, and they just go, whoa, and they stand up out of their seats, and everybody in their section, you know, wow, and you're kind of watching it from the other side of the stadium, and you're seeing, and it's gaining some momentum, and people are going, yeah, this is good, and whoa, they're all participating. And then it comes about halfway around the arena, and there's a couple people there that are like, I'm just going to eat my popcorn. Like, I'm not that excited. I'm not, I'm not that much of a hockey fan. I'm not, and they just kind of, they choose to opt out. And the wave starts losing its momentum. And, you know, and you're still kind of in the game. You're like, I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do it. And then, then the wave comes, and there's a few people beside you. And then you're like, all right, here we go. Ha! Ah, like this. And it's you and about five people in your section all the way down. And then it just dies. You're like, what happened to the wave? Well, there are people that opted out. They decided not to participate. What God is calling us as a church to be about is that when there's opposition, when, when, when we're advancing the gospel, we rally around Marco and Pauline today as we send them out on mission. And friends, they have faced opposition. And likely, there will be other challenges along the way as they journey forward. But as a church, we don't just sit back and go, oh, too bad for them. No, we rally. We, we come alongside and we, we participate and we pray. And this is what happened in the early church. They said, listen, there's opposition. There's, we're we're going to be even more committed. We're going to even pray bolder prayers. We're even going to get more on fire. We're even going to pray again for a fresh outpouring of the Spirit because we want to we wanna pray together to see the kingdom of God and to see the advancement of the church like we've never seen before. They didn't just shy away. They didn't just say, let's just huddle together and pray for protection and to pray these prayers of, of safety and softness. God, show us how to be more, you know, safe and tolerant and kind. They said, God, give us more boldness. And they participated it together. You know, I was, there's strength. There's strength when we can participate. I was attending a conference last fall, and I was in the, the hotel lobby. There's another fellow that was at the conference with me, and I, I went down first, and I was getting my breakfast. I was just kind of waiting for him to come downstairs. You know one of these holiday inns or whatever it is where they have the breakfast bar and you're helping yourself? So I'm getting my, you know, my plate and my toast and my cereal and I'm just kind of in line and, and I sit down at a table and I overhear uh, some people. They're, they're discussing a man and a wife and, and they're discussing some things and then he picks up the phone and he starts making a phone call and I, I'm kind of eavesdropping a little bit, you know, and I uh, have to admit. And so I'm listening because, you know, he's talking about something and you could tell that there were doctors involved and there was something that, you know, needed healing or, or whatever. And then I, I could just hear them and, and the wife gathered around and, and they just began to kind of pray and they began to pray, you know, Jesus, we, we pray for, you know, this situation right now. And you could just see them standing in this little breakfast nook area. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just say to me, go pray for them. Go pray with them. Go pray with them. And, you know, like, I thought, Wow. You know, there's a Bible verse that says where two or three agree in their name that it shall be done. Well, there's already two. So technically three's not necessary. 
You know, you ever had these arguments with the Lord? Like when he starts speaking to you, you're like, well, I got a, I, Lord, I got a Bible verse. He's like, I wrote the Bible, okay? You know, don't quote scripture to me. The devil did that. He got in trouble. And I just felt prompted. And the Lord says, just go, go stand with them and just pray with them. So I just walked up to them. I could tell, obviously, they were believers and they were praying. And I just put my arm around the man's shoulder and I just began to pray in the spirit. And I just began to say, God, we pray for breakthrough. And you know what happened? That prayer meeting all of a sudden got really fiery. I'll tell you, that man and that woman, they got more emboldened. They got, they're like, in the name of Jesus. And then it starts rising. We're getting louder. And there's people, you know, eating their cereal. And they're, they're kind of looking at us going, all right then. As long as everybody's okay with this, I guess it's okay. And man, afterwards, that, that man was so thankful. Tears coming down their eyes. And just, oh, thank you, brother. You know, I, said, I just saw you there. Just participating together. I don't ever, you know, what happened. I didn't see those people again. But the idea is boldness rises as we participate with each other. And this is what they did in the early church. They, they prayed. And then we see bold declaration. And the first thing they said is they begin to declare. They, they declared things like, God, stretch out your hand. These are some of the things they were declaring. Stretch out your hand and, and, and miraculous signs and wonders. They wanted to see more. They're like, we're not satisfied with one beggar being healed by the gate beautiful. We want to see more of this stuff. So God, stretch out your hand even more. We want to see greater works and greater things take place. But they declared these things. They begin to make declarations. And the first thing they said was, oh, sovereign God. Oh, sovereign Lord. You see, as we declare things in the spirit, we have to first land in that place and rest in that place of saying, God, you are sovereign in this situation. It's kind of similar to what happened with, with Ezekiel in Ezekiel 37 when, when the Lord took Ezekiel and he showed him the valley of dry bones, the angel of the Lord, and he, he showed this dead valley of all these soldiers that were, you know, it was a battlefield and dry and brittle. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And what does Ezekiel say? He said, oh, sovereign Lord, only you know. But then what, what did God say? Begin to speak to these bones. Begin to declare the word of the Lord. Friends, this is where it starts. As we are emboldened as his church, we say, God, you are sovereign. You are a big God. You're a mighty God. You see, because if we pray a little bit, then we're expecting little things from God. Quite frankly, if we are prayerless in our lives, maybe we think we got it all handled. But if we begin to pray audacious, bold prayers, we have to start from the place, we have to start from the assumption that God is God Almighty. He is sovereign. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or imagine. Nothing is too hard for God. And this is where they started. Before they even began to declare things, they said, oh, sovereign God. Oh, sovereign God. And then they, they said, you know, why do the nations rage? And they, they had all these things. And they said, but God then stretch out. And they begin to declare miracles. They begin to make declarations and call things that are not as though they are. This idea of sovereign Lord says, God, you're in charge. You're in charge of this situation. And when, like Ezekiel and like these early believers, we say, God, you're sovereign, you're in charge, then we trust you 
and we can pray bold prayers because we know, God, we have all the weight and the glory of heaven attentive to these prayers and moving these prayers forward. Whether it's personal in your own life or whether it's our church together saying, God, we're trusting you and we're trusting you for big things. We wanna pray big, audacious, bold prayers that we would see the darkness push back in our city, that we would see the kingdom of God advance, that we would see thousands of people come to know Jesus, that we would see tens of thousands of people impacted with the gospel of Jesus in our city, in our region, and around the world. But it starts with saying, God, you're awesome. And in that place, the Holy Spirit begins to rise up within us and we begin to declare things, calling things that are not as though they are. There's a great verse in the book of Job. It says that you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. What this means is that you and I can declare and we can ask God and we can align our hearts and we can pray big prayers and we can say, God, I'm declaring this in Jesus' name. Do you know that your words are so powerful? Do you know that your words and your worship is, is powerful? And as, even as we gather together and worship, we are making declarations. As we sing the songs that we sang this morning, you know, you know, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk. We're actually making declarations in the spirit realm. We didn't just show up at church today just to fill a seat or to attend a service. We are on mission together. And as the people of God get a hold of this revelation, that as we declare something, we have authority as sons and as daughters. We have authority to come boldly and pray bold prayers before the throne of God. We have authority as sons and daughters to to call things that are not as though they are and that our words matter, our worship matters, our clapping of the hands matters, our lifting of our hands matters, that everything we do, as Moses, uh, as, as they lifted up his hands, the, the battle went forward and God had the victory. But, but as Moses, his hands were falling, he had to have his friends come and hold his hands. But as long as his hands were up, things were shifting in the spirit realm as they began to declare victory. You see, there's something that takes place in bold declaration that just begins to move the kingdom of God and advance it forward. It says about Abraham that in James that he was a friend of God and Abraham even came to the Lord and he said, God, in this city, would you have mercy on this city? And if there are 50 righteous, far be it from you, God, that you would destroy this city. And he begins to, from a place of relationship, begin to call on God and saying, even if there's 10 people, And he begins to declare. And so here's how it works. You and I declare, and we make a declaration in the Spirit. And then it says that it is God then. It is God who establishes that declaration. And then what happens? Light comes. And as the believers met together, they begin to declare, O sovereign Lord, stretch out your hand and perform miraculous signs and wonders. I declare it. God establishes it, and light comes. I'm going to ask Michael to come at this time. We see that this declaration moved to a place of of bold proclamation. This is what they were saying. They were saying, God, we're declaring, man, we're, we're, we're declaring that the kingdom is going to advance. We're declaring that we're moving forward as a church. We're not huddled together here to pray just for safety and for a comfortable Christian experience, we're here to declare some things because we want to see the name of Jesus proclaimed 
this morning, I believe, actually just go back to declare for a second. Let's just stay on declaration, I think, before we get to proclamation. I've begun to, to declare some things recently that are audacious, that are only God could do it. Because what's happening inside of me is I'm getting tired of seeing sickness and brokenness over the people of God. I am growing weary of seeing families struggle with health, families struggle with relationships. I am sick and tired of divorce and brokenness. I am so tired, and I'm, I'm beginning to declare. I'm saying, God, I'm declaring over First Assembly. I am making a declaration that every financial need would be met. I am declaring over this house that every relationship would be whole and healed, that every person that has walked away from God over these years, maybe they're backslidden right now, they're far away from God. I'm just tired of it, and I'm just declaring that they're coming home in Jesus' name. Because the word of God says that we declare it, God establishes it, and then light comes. I want you to say that with me this morning. Say, I declare it. God establishes it, and then light comes. And because, like Abraham, he was called a friend of God, we have that relationship. We can come boldly before the throne. We can pray bold prayers. We can pray together. We can encourage each other. We can be committed to praying together and letting that faith and that prayer just rise up and there's an emboldenedness that we're not apologizing for being followers of Jesus in Canada. We're not, we're not, we're not afraid or apologizing for, for things any longer. We're, we're, we're not harsh. We're not rude. That's the wrong, that's completely not God. We're loving and we're gracious, but we're powerful because we're people of boldness. We're trusting God. I begin to, to declare things over this church, like I'm, I'm declaring leaders, I'm declaring uh, property, I'm declaring land, I'm declaring campuses, I'm declaring uh, breakthrough uh, in our city, I'm declaring whole families, uh, I'm praying and I'm seeing sections of the city just experiencing revival, I'm just praying for pockets of revival uh, breaking out over this city. I, I, I'm just tired of the way things are and, and, and we just can't come any longer and just attend church, we've got to rise up and say, God, give us fresh boldness that we would see the darkness pushed back in this city for the name of Jesus Christ. It's time. It's time. And friends, Jesus taught this. He said, he said you know, just whatever you ask in my name and, and your words are powerful. So maybe there's some things that you've been praying little prayers and you've seen God do maybe some little things or you've, you haven't really factored the sovereignty of God in the way that you might be able to today as the Holy Spirit empowers you to do so. Maybe you've been praying little prayers and seeing little results. Maybe you've been praying partial prayers and seeing partial results. But I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to pour out fresh boldness upon his church where we would just begin to see things. I almost feel like there's uh, there's like a veil it's going to be pulled back today over the minds of many in this room. It's almost like you've just, it's kind of like you've, you, it's kind of like you have a cloth. And you see, you see there's some light on the outside of it. So you kind of keep looking up going, I think it's out there. But what's happening is the cloth that's coming off of your eyes. And what I sense is the Lord's taking the cloth off and all of a sudden you're seeing crystal clear. And for some of you, it has to do with family. Some of you, it has to do with business. I believe it has to do with the mountains, the 
the seven mountains. The business, clarity. Family, clarity. Education, clarity. Entertainment and arts, clarity. Politics, clarity. All these mountains, business, all these things, clarity. Family, clarity. Church, clarity. So Lord, just take those veils or whatever they are, whatever the hindrances, whatever has been kind of blocking. We've seen the light shining through, but we've seen it fuzzy. We've seen it in bits and pieces and we've been satisfied with that. And today we're saying, God, rip that off so that we can begin to see things that are not as though they are and begin to call them and begin to declare them. I want you to stand up with me if you would. I'd invite you to do that. And if there's something that that resonates with you today and and you've been asking God for some clarity in some of these areas of your life, I want to challenge you and encourage you right now and remind you that your words are powerful. I would we were shouting earlier when I walked in here, everybody was shouting. That was awesome. But you know what? We're not just shouting because we're hyping each other up. We're actually beginning to boldly declare, just like they did in the book of Acts. They came together, it says, as they did, the place where they met was shaken. And it says they began to preach the word of God with great boldness. And there was bold declaration. There was bold togetherness. And there was bold proclamation that flowed from that gathering together on that day. So let's just begin to uh, call things that are not as though they are. So whatever that is this morning, let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now. If there's some things you're believing for, if there's some bold prayers that you need to pray today, today's the day. Let's begin to declare. and Let's begin to boldly call back those things, dead things coming to life. Like Ezekiel, oh, sovereign Lord, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Let there be a rattling. Let there be a coming together, bone to bone. Let there be flesh. Let there be systems. In the name of Jesus, God, alignment and breath, God, up on its feet stood a mighty army. God, we're declaring today. Lord, a mighty revival to sweep through this city of Calgary. God, we're not just going to sit here and pray little prayers. We're going to pray bold prayers. God, we're not just going to sit here and and, and pray for safety any longer. We're going to pray for audacious, bold, loving passion as we go from this place today. God, we're going to pray bold prayers. We're going to see the sick heal. We're going to see people saved. We're going to see people that are locked right now. Lord, in blindness, spiritual blindness, we call forth sight in Jesus' name. And we call things that are not as though they are. We begin to declare it. We begin to declare it today in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, make that declaration. Say, God, I declare. I see it. I see this. I see clarity now over my family. I see clarity in this situation. God, we call it forth in Jesus' name. We call it forth in Jesus' name. We pray for a harvest of souls today. We pray for our nation of Canada, God, that we would experience a mighty move of your Holy Spirit. Something is shifting and changing in this atmosphere today. The atmosphere is changing because God's people are getting a hold of, by faith, proclamation, bold prayers, bold proclamation. God, we're, we're not satisfied anymore with partial blessing and partial breakthrough. God, today we want to see the full breakthrough. Oh, we thank you, God, for partial breakthrough, but we won't live there any longer. We're contending. We're knocking. You said, Jesus, to ask, and it will be given. To seek, and we will find. To knock. Sometimes, God, we just got to go and start knocking, and that's what we're doing today. We're pounding on the door, and we're saying, I see it, and I call it forth. We're saying to Lazarus, rise up. We're saying, dead things alive. God, we're bold today. Embolden us by your Holy Spirit, God. Strengthen us to pray as your church prays, God. 
And God, I thank you that right now in the heavenlies, things are shifting. I thank you that families are shifting. I thank you that relationships are shifting. Do you see it? Without faith, it's impossible to please God, and God always honors faith. So let faith rise up in your heart. Begin to see it. Begin to call it. You have authority as a son, as a daughter of the king. You have authority to come boldly before the throne of God and pray bold prayers. You still come with reverence. You still come with awe, but you come boldly as a son, as a daughter. And so, God, we just say it right now. We just call it. We're asking you for it. We're asking you for harvest. We're asking you for land. We're asking you for property. We're asking you, Lord, for breakthrough. We're asking you, Lord, for, uh, for, for creativity. We're asking you, Lord, for salvation. We're asking you, God, for healing. We're asking you, Lord, for families. We're asking you for young people. We see it. We declare it. We declare a revival of children and youth. We declare a revival, Lord, a healing revival, Lord, of people getting up and out of their wheelchairs. We call, Lord, forth a healing revival, Lord, of, of souls that have been wounded, emotional healing, mental illness, God. Break it now. We declare it in Jesus' name. God, we pray bold prayers that the people of God would be healthy and whole and on fire. And, God, that you would do it for your name and for your glory, God. We declare it in the Spirit in Jesus' name. We see it, Lord, as done and as accomplished as we pray this morning in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just keep praying. Let's keep declaring this morning. Hallelujah. Let's make these declarations.